Here it is. <laughs> weekly excitement, a weekly guarantee of joy and giggles, and indeed knowledge. Uh, if you are new to this, it is the radio equivalent of the slightly dry and dull newspaper columns where a reader writes in with a question, why do we do that? Where does that come from? What's the origin of this? When that happens, why does that happen? Who, why, what, where, when, whither, wherefore, even the occasional whence. And then some weeks or days later, another reader will write in with an attempted answer, and then there may ensue a slight argument on the letters page before finally arriving at a, at a definitive conclusion. This is, this is in many ways the opposite of that. Uh, a, we do it all really, really quickly, and B, it's not remotely dry. But, hang on, what's the opposite of dry in the concept of, of comedy? It's not wet, is it? Well, I don't know. That could be a question. Except it isn't, because there isn't an answer to it. So you ring 03456060973, you ask me a question, and then someone else hears you ask it, and you, they ring in and answer it. I've got phone lines free. Uh, it, it, it's a bit of a weird one at the moment, Mr. Some weeks it goes absolutely nuts at 11.59, and other weeks it doesn't really kick in until about 12.06. But right now, if you're quick, you will get a line into the building. Do not ring if you're boring. Now, I appreciate... It's very hard to know whether you're boring or not. Very few people would say, I am boring, for example. But if your question uh, has an answer potentially that only you would be interested in, then just think long and hard before picking up the phone and calling in, because things do get very, very busy. Similarly with repetition, this is more my lookout than yours. Um, we try not to answer, uh, or indeed ask, the same questions again and again and again. Sometimes it's unavoidable because we've been doing this so long. But if you head over to lbc.co.uk and have a look at the archive, the painstakingly curated Mystery Hour archive, you should be able to get a steer on whether or not the question you want to ask has already been successfully answered. Um... We only do one origin of a phrase a week, and I think we've already got one on the board. So that's it, really. Anything the kids have asked you? I just always think what else fits in the introduction. That's it. Should we just crack on this week? Well, yeah, don't need any more small print, do we? Don't need any more Jesuitical analysis of what pledge I may or may not have made in my 2015 manifesto. Let's just crack on. Gavin is in Lewisham. Gavin, question or answer? Hi, James. Cracking show. It's a question. Very good. Thank you, mate. Um, origin words. What is the origin of mum's the word? Mum. Keep mum. Yeah, keep stum. Mum's the word. Why? Yeah. You What's say keep, you keep mum as well, don't you? Keep mum. Mum. Keep mum, yeah. Mum. Mum's the word. Mum. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, as you can tell, because I'm just sort of <laughs> mumbling. <laughs> you I don't know either. No, I haven't got a clue. I can't believe we've never done Origin mum's the word. Yeah, no, nothing's coming up. Sometimes if I just engage in a little bit of banter, Gavin, an answer appears unexpectedly in the back of my brain, but that's not going to happen. But not this time. Not this time, my no. friend. Not this time <laughs> at all. What's the origin of the phrase mum's the word? No more phrase questions, please, until we've dealt with this one. Andre's in East Sheen. Question or answer, Andre? Hello. Uh, good afternoon, James. Hello. It's a question. Yes? I don't know the credibility of it, because I spoke to your researcher, but nevertheless, she's put me through. That's not... Uh, that's not... No, no, no. Uh, no Andre! Andre! Hello. Andre! Don't do Hello. that. Don't pop your own balloon before you've got on air, mate. You can't come on an air, but at least pretend you think it's a good question. Okay, then. I can't okay, believe they've put me through. That's the worst imaginable call to a phone in ever, whether it's Mr. I can't believe they've put me through. Anyway, go on. Okay. About a month or so, uh, my partner and I, we went on holiday, and we landed on the island of Madeira. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, it was the most scariest landing, <laughs> what she said so. I thought Santorini was even worse. <laughs> but by reputation, yes. 
it must be the airlines, sort of uh, pilots or cabin crew, which has got the worst reputation of a landing. Uh, uh, in what way? For what? I mean, bumps? I can't imagine Kabul Airport's no. much fun at the moment, but you mean something on the regular tourist trail? Coming in over the sea or sort of crosswinds or... There must be somewhere that's probably... Yeah, but I need... A, just be quiet a minute. Hello? What, is that seagulls in the background? Hello? Oh, I'm here. I just... Is that seagulls in the background, Andre? No, it's children. Oh. The children playing in the park here. Oh, how nice. I need a slightly more objective criteria for runway choice, because you just said it could be this, it could be that, it could be the other. So you can't have a league table of that. It has to be... I mean, do you want the most terrifying, or... or, or, or I mean, because Hong Kong, you feel like you're landing on the sea, apparently, until you actually hit the runway. Yeah, but I guess if I was a pilot, or if I was a cabin crew... Yeah, so you want to know if there is a... If, if, is there, if there are widely accepted scariest place to land on the on the mainstream tourist drag we're not going to include military airfields or, or anything like that no but there must be somewhere probably in pilots saying oh my god i don't really want to land there yeah i like that so so there, there, it's not going to be measurable there's not going to be an actual measured chart but there's going to be a received wisdom among air, airline personnel about where the worst place to land is yeah i would say so yeah i would too what do you make of madeira do you enjoy it is it all right was it oh it's a beautiful island yeah more but- don't want to go back to that airport again. It was that bad. And what about Santorini? I didn't even know you could land on Santorini. I've only ever been there by boat. Oh, Santorini is a beautiful island again, but that was quite scary too. Hang on, I, can you get to Santorini? You can get to Santorini by boat, can't you? You can get... Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I did... I can't, anyway, I digress slightly. I'm off to Greece again this summer. Hello, Taxidni. Andre, thank you very much. Graham is in Newark. Graham, question or answer? It's a question. Carry on. Um, watching an excellent documentary last night about the Windsors, and it went through my mind seeing old footage of the Royal Yacht Britannia, which you can go and see in Edinburgh. Um, you can go and see old um, Royal Trains at York. Yes. But what happens to the fleet of, let's say, state cars? So Rolls Royces, Bentleys, every few years when the the state pro- provide a car to... Uh, Prime Minister or the, the royal family, they must reach the end of their usable life at some point. But where are they? Where's the collection of state cars? I, 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 I don't know that they exist in the way that you think, do they? I mean, the royal stuff is is registered and and restored or or, or, or kept. But the, I mean, the limousines that you mean the ministers that lim, the limousines that ministers use. Well, the, well, I, I would actually say, just on your point there, of the, the royal cars, uh, over the years, there's been a huge fleet of those, I would uh, assume. Yeah, but they're not going to keep all of them, are they? They'll just flog them off the same no, thing you do not. with your old car. Yeah, OK, so where is it? Well, it's, it's in... nobody, nobody's, nobody's driving around in a second-hand uh, ex-royal They are. Roller. Why not? I don't... Well... I think Steve Allen's got one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Steve Steve Allen's Bentley was previously owned by Princess Alice. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I part that now. But but why would it be different? I mean, there's also. I mean, you used to be able to buy fire engines and things in exchange of mart. I'm sure you still can online and in in in, in auction houses. If you've got a fancy, the kind of car they're weird, aren't they? They're they're all curvy. They're, those kind of really super well, top end limos. The, 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 
but these vehicles are being specially built against tourism, uh, sorry, terrorism, yes. uh, etc. They're bomb-proof and, and stuff. I think you just buy them, they'll be a dick. everyday car. No, they're not on every. It's not like buying a Morris Marina. You, you want to know whether or not there's a place you can buy a car that was built for a prince. Well, or... Go, go on. and see them. The National, the National Motor Museum at Bewley yes. doesn't have them. So it's got everything it's else, though. National, it's got everything else in it, hasn't it, Graham? I love Bewley. I do, too. A um, few, few years since I've been, but yeah, absolutely love it. But I, it's just, where is the, the nation's uh, state cars? All right. Okay, so they'll keep, they'll keep some in museums, but you don't. You, you want to know where they are, and not, but I've been to many. But oh, sorry, I've been to quite a few museums. Still, never come across a royal. Well, not even car. the car that sort of Prince Charles and Princess Diana were in, and after their matter, well, they've got in a carriage, didn't they? But there must be one somewhere. Come on, have a think, Bewley. You've well, got you've got the, the carriage, trotters. You've the got the three is. three wheeler. You've got the Reliant Robin is in there. You've got all sorts of <laughs> Sterling Moss type <laughs> stuff. You've got. <laughs> You've got some iconic cars. You've got That's some really historic cars at Bewley. Yeah. But you've not got Royal. And again, I want to distinguish it between carriages because carriages are at the Museum of London. They many are. of them. Blimey, you're good. But where I'm, are the cars? Exactly. Where are the cars? Where are the cars? It's got a monorail as well at Bewley. You've been on the monorail. I have. Have you been to also in the area? Um, all right, this is getting stupid now. I've never even met the bloke, but me and Chris Evans are having some sort of Twitter bromance. He he can answer this question, but seeing as we don't take answers from Twitter, um, I can't right. I can't involve it. But if you follow Chris Evans on Twitter, if we haven't got an answer by one o'clock, it, he'll and you know how many cars he's got, don't you? Yeah, but uh, he's, got, he's got cars coming out of his ears. He either had or got one of the versions of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No, he, that's it. So he knows a lot about cars. Car. Well, he knows, he knows, but I can't say it on air because even for even for people like. <laughs> Super famous like that, I can't make. Break, I'm not going to break rules of Twitter. Uh, have you ever been to the motorcycle museum that's not far from Bewley in the New Forest? I thought that was just near the NEC. No, that no, that's wrong. another one. This one is named oh, after right. a famous motorcyclist whose name I've forgotten. But no, this I'm is. Do you know I'm up for an award next week? And if I carry on like this, I'm not going to win it, am I? Because I was about to say they do an excellent breakfast, Graham. <laughs> Let's crack on. Uh, actually, just very quickly. Yeah, go on. Fine, finest museum and motor museum in Europe, the uh, the National Motor Museum, the Schlumpf Collection at uh, Mulhouse in France. The what collection? Absolutely amazing. Schlumpf. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Schlumpf. That's uh, Donald Trump's grandfather's name. Uh, 12.14, time. John, Harlow, question, answer. Answer, James. Bring it on. Scariest airport landing in the world. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's the Lukla Airport in Nepal. Uh, uh, qualifications? Uh, been there, landed on it, and pardon the expression, needed to change of underwear afterwards. Yeah, but this is just you. You're not a pilot. I, we need. To, I, I want to know what they say on the pilots' chat rooms and stuff like that. Not just the scariest place you've landed. Have you landed at every airport in the world? No, there are quite a few. Trust me, James, look it up if you need to, which I didn't. It is the scariest man. You land on a very short runway which slopes up by something like 35 degrees. Holy moly. Have you ever landed at Hong Kong? I haven't, no. Madeira? Uh, no. Santorini? No. <laughs> Heathrow? <laughs> You're not getting a round of applause. No, you can't. You just, you just, that's like saying, what's the scariest thing in the world? And you ring it up and say, oh, I really hate, I really hate 
clowns, James. It's just you! Can I not give any qualification? Yeah, go on, then. Uh, work for a company that send people to Nepal all the time. But that, you know, that doesn't, that's even worse. You need to work for a company that sends people to, to all the scary runways in the world all the time, and we all say Nepal. Well, I'll keep listening, James, and I'll take the round of applause later. <laughs> I like your style. You hang in there. Uh, 12.15 is the time. Keep it in the fridge. This Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 20 minutes after 12. What's the scariest runway in the world? But it needs to be by popular demand as it were like in in pilot circles it has to actually i have to say he said he would c- come back and win this one was it graham nepal is getting a lot of votes on social media but i need to speak to a pilot or, or two even it needs to be like everyone in the industry knows that the scariest runway in the world to land on is uh what's the origin of mum's the word come on we must be able to get that mum's the word keeping mum and what happens to state transportation for example royal cars um alex is in woolwich question or answer alex I've got the answer, James. I don't know if it's worth a clap. No, hang on a minute, mate. Can I... Wait, 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 wait. Can I make a joke at your expense that refers to your Twitter handle? Go on, Well, just tell everyone everyone what your Twitter handle is. Z-List Sibley. Z-List Sibley, because you are Alex Sibley, star of Series 3 of Big Brother? I'll thank, I'll thank you, my ego. Uh, no, for but, but you know this question has already been answered on Twitter by Chris Evans, who I don't think would be misdescribed as A-list, oh. would he? Well, no, he, he's not, but I, 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 I don't have anything to do with the BBC. My, my, I like my LBC, so I don't I, know I, what Very nice. That's what the boss is going to say to me after the show, actually, today. But I just, I just, in the answer to the question, what happens to Royal Cars, we have now, in the space of less than eight minutes, gone from A-list... To Z list. list. I'm not even on the alphabet list anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you get a hieroglyphic. I hope you get the answer right after all this build-up. What have you got for me? It's not a hard thing to say. I mean, my dad. Uh, my dad's always had interest in cars, and once I saw a picture, he had this stretched Mercedes E-Class, and it was white. Oof. And I said, "Why did you have that?" And he said, "Well, it was to put your cot in the back when you were a kid, which obviously nowadays is, you couldn't do it." But no. It was bulletproof, and he, I don't ask me how he got it. He's got nothing to do with the royal family, but he bought it from Princess Margaret, and she had the bulletproof stretched Mercedes E-Class, and my dad said you couldn't open the windows, and once they lost the keys, and it had to wait like about a month before they got the keys back. So the answer is they do sell them on. Um, I don't think you'd be able to buy the Queen's Bentley that she had specially No, made you can you can. I, back to the, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. No, no. I'm just going to go from the Z list back to the A list. I'm told. I'm told by the A list that you can. You can. But the Queen's last Bentley Mulsanne is currently for sale, complete with bang, ba- handbag holder. Here you go, Axel. You're famous now. He says, "Get Axel to look at Bramley Motors in Bramley. They have the Queen's last Bentley Mulsanne up for sale." So there you go. Between the A list and the Z list, we've nailed it. Yes, so the truth is that even people like us can buy royal vehicles. Happy days. Round of applause for Alex. Here we go. I'll speak to you soon. Matt's in Bristol. Matt, question or answer? Here's a question, Jake. Carry on. Um, So I've often wondered why the height of buildings is referred to as stories. Um, Now, if it was a unit of height then surely that would mean something like an aircraft hangar, which has only got one floor, yeah, admit, yeah. would uh, would have the same height as any other building. So I've been sort of confused about that, 
Um, and it, it doesn't seem to have a rational answer to me. I've never been bothered to look it up on the internet. That's obviously how much it's bothered me. But, um, no, no, that's the rule, know, though. We can't. We can't look stuff up on the internet. And I should have said that at the outset for new listeners. You can't look stuff Obviously, this would be a pointless exercise if you're allowed to. It's a celebration of why you know things. So that's why you get Alex's story about his dad's white stretch Mercedes that he bought off Princess Margaret. If you were looking stuff on the internet, you'd just get the boring answers. So don't worry about that. Why, well, I mean, yeah, they're, called, they're flaws, aren't they? Flaws and stories. But where, where, you're just asking where the word story comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I like that question. I like it's, it's a bit of a weird one for me. Because it, it doesn't mean any. It's just counting. It's one, two, three, four, five. You're right. It's not a unit of measurement because, you know, that, that's daft. You'd have a bungalow which has got a roof almost as high as a, a three-story house. I, I like it. Yeah. Why? What's the story? What's the story? More n- no. 12.25, Michael, Tunbridge Wells. Question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. It's to the mum's the word question. All right. Uh, originally, the phrase was simply mm's the word, and it's got changed to mum. It's quite simply, when you, when you say the word mm, you keep your lips together, you don't say anything. Mm. So that's why keeping mum is mm. like that. Mm. I ju- that. That's why I did the banter with the fellow that asked the question. Did you hear? I was talking as if I, if I just do it enough, because quite often with these figures of speech, the explanation is, is contained within the figure of speech, and, and you've, you've kind of proved the point. But what are your qualifications? Uh, well, I'm a school governor, and I, some time ago I was doing a classroom observation, and uh, the teacher uh, said to the kids, she put her finger over her lips and said, mm, keep mum, she wants them to be quiet, and, she, and one of the kids said, why did you say that? And she explained it, so simple as that. Well, how do you know she's right, though? I don't. <laughs> But it sounds right to me. It sounds right to me as well, but this is mystery, our mate. You can't, we can't be doing shoddy sort of awards based on, on anecdote, and, and, and we need, we need, we need peer-reviewed scientific evidence. Well, don't you trust teachers? Mm. Mm's the word. About. Mm's the word. And it's actually quite a messy thing to say. Mm, keep, mm, keep stum, stum, mm. Well, I'm, I'm up for being challenged later by somebody else. <sighs> Shall I give you half, then, and keep the other half till... till yeah. Yeah, all right, give them half, go on. Oh, hang on a minute. I said give him half. <laughs> That's better. There we go. I'll Michael, keep, keep, yeah, keep, yeah, keep it fresh. Sean's in Bishop Stortford. Sean, question or answer? It's a question, James. Go on. It's why uh, I've always had a fascination with magnets. Just say, now, say, say that again for me, will you? <laughs> I've always had a fascination with magnets. Yes. As, as a kid, I used to take magnets out of speakers and I used to hang them on a fishing rod and <laughs> see what I could find in the river. So my question is, why are there speakers, sorry, magnets in speakers? You, you used to go fishing with a magnet, hoping to pull metal things out of the river? Yeah. What's the best thing you caught? Um, <laughs> well, it was a shopping trolley, but that was a bit hard to pull out. <laughs> 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 so, uh, well, I, was, I, was, I was only young. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's going to be electromagnetism, isn't it? But you want you want a bigger answer than that. Yeah, but like mag- speakers have always got really powerful magnets, and I thought electric magnets played havoc with them. You couldn't have a magnet near your phone or what? whatever. But I know it's. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> when, when did you so, stop going magnet fishing? What age were you when you sort of thought this is? <laughs> when I when I got a catapult. Came <laughs> <laughs> <Get him> an answer. <laughs> Anna's in Highbury. Anna, question or answer? Anna. Hello. Hello. It's, it's an answer. Marvelous. Carry on. 
But try not to laugh. Um, Why? You make me Good. laugh so much, I can hardly talk. Oh, bless you. Anyway, um, the answer is, uh, for mum, it actually comes from the old pantomimes when women didn't talk, and they kept silent, and they, used to, they were called mums. Really? They were the mums who kept silent. So then after that, it was um, said that to keep mum meant to keep stum. Well, what are your qualifications? Oh, I remember being uh, being um, asking that when I was very young, and I was told that that was the answer. Oh. It actually makes sense, and I've it always does make that. sense. Are you sure? So the the ca- female characters in pantomimes wouldn't have any lines. No, they didn't talk, and so they were called mums. I. You're so nice to me. At the big, no, I know, but you just say it doesn't matter how many times you say it. It's not going to become more or less true with repetition. It's apparently true. And I, I think <laughs> I do remember <laughs> my mother looking it up. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, how convenient that you've just suddenly remembered that after I voiced a degree of scepticism. No, 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 I, I, don't, I don't remember. I think some, my mum or somebody actually looked it up Keep and me. confirmed it. But that's why in the bus. Do you mean miming? Thinking, you mean they were miming? They were miming. So it comes from mime, could, mum, mime. Speak. Mum to well, mime, mime to mum. I don't know whether it comes from mime or not, but... What's a mumma? They were miming, miming in a pantomime, didn't speak, and, and I was told it means silent. I, I like that why. as well. I'm going to give you the other half. Well, that wasn't half before. I, I should have three quarters. Really? Well, well give yeah, it. that wasn't half before. Okay, give her another quarter. <laughs> there we go. Happy now? Thank you. Thank you. Half past twelve is the time. I'm going to go fishing with a magnet later. I so am. I'm going to do it in the pond at Chiswick House if anyone wants to join me. I'll get a bit, get, I'll pick up my youngest. Get, well, could, you could pull anything, get a really powerful magnet and just go and drop it in some water. That guy in Bishop Stortford, he knows how to live. Seriously. That's, that should be an Olympic sport. It's uh, half past twelve. Simon Conway has the headlines. The Queen has unveiled Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 12.34 is the time. Uh, yeah, that, that thing, mummers, that I mentioned, it's like mime. I think between those three, the two answers that we rewarded and then the mummers, the, the, the mime artists, I think that's going to be the origin of mums, the word. Uh, where's the scariest runway in the world? Um, Madeira is getting a lot of love on this. It's Madeira versus Nepal, but we need to know whether there's a, a, a you know a, a, an accepted scariest runway in the world among the pilot, the flying community. Um, We've done the state cars, uh, or stories. Why are buildings, why do we talk about stories in buildings, and why are there magnets in speakers? Someone deserves credit for a gag here that I'm not going to pass off as my own. That, that wouldn't be fair, except, except, of course, until I remember that I can't find it, and then I will have to pass it off as my own. But someone said, I think that fella in Bishop Stortford must have misheard as a child when someone said, you need to go fishing with maggots. He thought they said magnets. <laughs> oh, make me laugh. Jeremy's in Wimbledon. Question or answer, Jeremy? Hi, James, it's an answer, please. Carry on, mate. Um, right, it's to do with the, uh, the short, uh, well, the most, uh, scariest airport to, uh, to land in. Yes. Um, there's a few factors to consider, really. Um, what makes an airport scary is the length of the runway. Uh, so the shorter the runway, the more, more higher risk. The narrower the runway, uh, the airport shades, air traffic control. Uh, I'm going to say Madeira in Europe. But I'm going to give you three. Madeira, Gibraltar, and Innsbruck in Europe. Um, but I would say Madeira out of all of them. Are, are you a pilot? I am, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a captain, yeah. Is it is, is you've never landed in Nepal? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. No, Nepal's risky because it's uh, it's a higher up. It's got a lot of terrain around it. Um, there's also the air there's a bit thinner, so the aircraft engines don't perform as well. Ha- have uh, you ever kind of taken a straw poll? Am I, are you at work at the moment? Uh, no, I'm not. No, not, not at the moment. Is, is Madeira sort of widely regarded in your profession as being the being the scariest one? 
Uh, I wouldn't say there's a scariest one per se. What we do is we sort of look at all the risk factors on each uh, airport. I mean, sort of like add up the risks, if you like. That's what I mean. But if you if you if you were in the in the staff canteen and said, "Come on, Madeira," yeah. that's guy was on Mystery the other day. They wanted to know what the hardest place yeah, to land yeah. was. I said Madeira. Would everyone sort of agree it with would, you? It would be in the top. It, it's probably as high risk as it could be. I quite like um, this. It's a good answer. Yeah. And is it true uh, is it, that when you're landing there, sometimes they announce that Thomas Cook announced that you need to be specially trained to land at Madeira? Do you? Yeah, do? yeah, that, that's right. So airports that have a certain risk category, once they above a certain risk factor. They need special training. Um, sometimes we do it in a simulator. Sometimes we do the simulator and sit in the jump seat and watch another crew do it. Um, yeah, that'll do. This is, I'm, 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 I'm leaning to it. Axel, what do you think? Yeah, let's go. go. Let's go. go oh, great work. Yes, thank you so much. No, well played. And that thank gag you. that gag about the maggots and the magnets, I think it, it, it's... I, I, I think Ross is... I don't think that's your name, is it? That's your, He's a taxi driver. I think his Twitter name is his... Uh, Registration number, but I shall call you Roscoe. So, well done, Roscoe. Uh, Professor Martin is here, Professor of Robotics at Middlesex University. So, I predict you're going to answer the magnets question. Absolutely correct. Carry on. Why, do, why, why are there magnets in speakers? Okay, because uh, coming out of the amplifier down the uh, speaker cable is an electric current. And an electric current, when it's changing, produces a magnetic field. So what they do inside the speaker is have a coil of wire, which produces a big magnetic field. And to make uh, the cone of the speaker or the flat panel of the speaker move, uh, you have an opposing magnetic field. Uh, vibrations. Uh, to create the vibrations in the speaker, yes, the, uh, the movement of the air. Vibration. And the reason they want uh, the most powerful magnets they can get is because you want the loudest sound you can get, and the more the stronger the magnetic field, the more movement of the cone, and the more sound, the louder the sound you'll get. Have you ever used a magnet to go fishing for metal in a canal? Uh, no, well, I haven't. Well, the day is young. <laughs> Round of applause for Professor Martin. I've already established his credentials and qualifications. Good work. Cavan uh, is in Chelsea. Cavan, question or answer? <coughs> Hello. 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 Um, I was so happy when I found out I was sick today because I desperately wanted to call Mystery Out for like about a couple of months now. So. I'm so glad. Well, I'm not glad you're sick, but I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad I'm sick. Yes, I know you are, but it would be a bit inappropriate of me to be taking pleasure out of your illness, but I'm, I'm glad you're happy, albeit sick. Question okay, or answer? So, uh, question. Carry on. Is there any currency system left in the world which isn't under c the control of a central bank? And if there isn't, like, which one was the last sort of currency system to adopt a central bank? Why do you want to know? Um, basically, there, there was sort of debate in economics class about um, whether central banks are good or not, and I just thought it would be good if I could, like, compare well, an would economy with a central bank then with one without a central bank. Is Bitcoin not an answer to this? Uh, that doesn't really count. Cause it's Why not? Online. I'm talking about, like, a proper one. Like, I don't know. Well, that, that, that's the point, though, isn't it? Is it, if it? I think when you say proper, I say, gee, when you, when you say proper, you mean something that is attached to a central Because the thing that makes Bitcoin improper is the fact that there is no central bank involved. Potentially, but that's not what I'm driving at. I'm talking about sort of a country's currency. Yes, exactly. Sort of so, but if it's got if it's a country's currency, then then it almost by definition will have a central bank that issues the currency. Otherwise, who would issue it? Well, well, before um, 
1913, there wasn't a Federal Reserve, so I'm not sure how it worked back then, but, um... No, that's a good point, nor am I. Or, or does, um, I think they would have to, uh, I'm not sure. I did, but that's the question, then, really, for me, is how, how could you have a currency without having a central bank that issued it? But, but I'm like you now, I'm intrigued by this. So, it, it, is, there, is there a currency which isn't under the control of a central bank, a national currency that doesn't have a national bank, is what you're saying? Yeah, I can't exactly. see. Well, no, but who would issue it? It has to have, say something on it, doesn't it? I promise to pay the bearer, whoever it may well, be. Yeah, but then how did it work before the, well, the era of a central bank? Uh, that's a very different question. That would be barter and, and you know, the weight of precious metals and stuff like that. Before the era of a central bank, it'd be bearer notes and promissory notes. I, I, I like that. There's a brilliant question in there somewhere. If you can answer it, I'll give you the money myself. 12.41 is the time. Sam is in... Oh, hang on. Kevin, what's wrong with you, mate? What? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, I just got a cold. Oh, all right. Sorry, just checking it's nothing. Mm. Where, where, where have you taken a day Thank off? Thank you from for caring so much. Have you taken a day off school with a cold? Uh, well, it's pretty bad. And also, I have a 3,000-word essay due for tomorrow. Oh, I see. Yeah, now we're getting... What are you doing listening to this rubbish on the radio? You should be... What's your essay about? <laughs> I know. What's it about? What's the essay about? By close comparison of why so gas has seen The Handmaid's Tale, how and with what effects do the authors present male power? Oof. It's pretty intense. Uh, it is pretty intense. Make sure you get the word dystopian into your introduction. And osmosis, of but, course. Well, I, that might be trickier, but it gets him a... a have we got the thing? Because he just said it. it. Axel hasn't been here long enough. You, you understand mystery better than Axel does. He hasn't been doing this shift <laughs> long enough to know what's supposed to happen <laughs> when you say that word. What was that word again? Uh, osmosis. He doesn't... He j actually doesn't know what to do. It's broken. Oh, mate. Kevin, get back to work! Sam's in Durham. Sam, question or answer? <laughs> That's a question, James. Carry on. Uh, I'm wondering why women's dress sizes go up in twos, not one. I know this. Indeed. I thought you might. Well, I, I, oddly, I know it with men's clothes, but the reason will surely be the same. Okay. It's to do with mass manufacturing. The, 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 the difference between a size 8 and a size 9 just wouldn't be enough to justify making two lots okay, of... But why do they not call a size 10 a size 9, then? Because I think that, theoretically, you can still... You can get a 41-inch chest jacket if you go to some specialist suppliers. So I'm pretty sure if you had a dress made yourself, you could have it made between an 8 uh, and a 10. A special order, like a special order 9. Okay. I, I think so, but it, 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 uh, the answer is that they go up... Because some places, I think Ted Baker go up in individual digits. Every, every shop is different. That's why some women complain that there are 12 at, at, at Dorothy Perkins, but, but a 14 at, at Hennis or whatever yeah, it may be. I got this from my mum, so... But that, well, that, that's the answer, I think. It's like shoes. You very rarely get half sizes these days. They used to be quite commonplace because the manufacturing process costs a lot of money to reset and do it. So it goes up in twos, even though you could have something that fills in the gap. They just don't make it. Right, OK. Because the gaps are so small. Are you going to buy that? I'll buy that, yeah. I'll buy that as well. Round of applause for me. I haven't had one for a while. Well played, Sam. You're not ill as well, are you, mate? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, okay, fantastic. 12.43 is the time. Look at that essay. Why did Sarah go to sea and, and, and The Handmaid's Tale? Whew. Poor old Kevin. No wonder he's feeling the pain. Keith and Mason. Keith, question or answer? Hello, James. It's a question, please. Yes, carry on. Um, my question. If somebody has a heart attack or a problem with their heart, they might need a defibrillator or CPS to get their heart restarted. So my question is, when a fetus is forming in the womb, how does the heart start for the very first time? Does it... Do oh. 
Is that, that's one of those questions. It's either very good or very bad. I'm not sure which. <laughs> How does it start for the very first time? Because I, I thought maybe... It probably gets jump leads from the mum's heart. So it's like the umbilical cord is like a jump lead. Well, I, I wondered <laughs> if that was the answer. But then I thought, Definitely. how does the mother know that the cells have formed enough? No, she, there's no consciousness involved in this. This is, this is just physical development. That's a bit like saying, how do you know that your, your, how does your brain know that it's time to start growing hair out your legs? It just happens, doesn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a natural process. But, but I love to know what the natural process is. It's almost like, when does the heart start beating your answer? Not how does it start beating. It's when and why. Where, is there an electrical charge that comes from the mum or something like that? Presumably the organ develops before it starts beating and there's a point at which it goes live. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we are just combining here to demonstrate an absolutely abject ignorance of all biological science. It's one or the other, Keith. <laughs> Where are you going to put your money? Um, <laughs> I think I'll sit on the fence. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best place for it. I like that. So in the womb, when does the heart start beating? Oh three four. That's a good question, right? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Got a couple of other questions still on the board as well, but there's time for you to get yours on too. Time is twelve forty five. Joanne Webb is in the LBC Travel Centre. Three Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. It's uh, ten minutes to one, and we've still got some questions that need answers. There are currencies. I'm getting them in on social media, but I'm not... Oh, good. I think Michael in Medway is going to sort us out. Currencies that don't have a central bank. Uh, Stories. Where does that word come from in the context of buildings having stories? Because it's not a unit of measurement. Well, it's a unit of counting. Uh, State transportation, runways we've gone with... Mum's the word some of you are unhappy with, but um, whereas Kathleen hasn't, she's too nervous to ring in. She, she's got a degree in linguistics as well. She can go definitive on that. But come on, Kathleen, there's nothing to be worried about. It's only mystery. It's only me. Uh, and we need to get, we've got room for a couple more questions as well. Let's get this answer up first. Michael's in Medway. Question or answer, Michael? Is there the answer? Carry on. Good. Go. Right, um, for currencies, there are only three countries that are left without a uh, central bank being owned or anything. That's Cuba, North Korea and Iran. Qualifications? Oh, I've just been doing research on this sort of thing for the past 15 years. I'm only a decorator myself, but it's uh, a proper Right, did you not hear what I said earlier? What was that? To ca- where, where a fellow rang in and described himself as only a courier. Oh, yes. I was listening, actually, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a painter and decorator. Yeah, no one comes on this show and describes their livelihood as only something, all right? It's my new rule. Yeah. I hate it. It drives me potty. Why are you researching currency? What, what have you got planned, Michael? <laughs> well, I'm not going to be an economist or anything like that. Um, it's going to start going down uh, down like the rabbit hole a bit, really, but into sort of um, world government and, you know, federal banks. Uh, oh blimey! So a bit, a bit. Uh, forgive me. This will sound like it's pejorative, but it's not. But but a bit conspiracy theory ish. It sounds like it on the outset. Yeah, they they all do. But that's what prompted your interest. And so, well, so on, if I get a banknote, a North Korean banknote, it's just been issued directly from the government, has it? Um, yeah, basically they're in control of it. They they run all their own affairs. I mean, you can say, uh, for example, you've got the Federal Reserve, which is privately owned. You've got the Bank of England, which is privately owned. Um, they're corporations. Uh, the only banks that I've listed are the only ones without... What was the other one? North Korea, Iran, and... Was it Cuba? Cuba. 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 Cool, that's yeah. a brilliant answer. Well done. There you go. I bet you never knew your research had come in this useful. Until, of course, the world economic system collapses and you're the only one left with a few quid. <laughs> I better start painting some more houses then. <laughs> A round of applause, Michael. 
I mean that. I've never noticed that before. People ring up and say, I'm only a decorator. I'm only a courier. That's, that's a very British disease, that. You wouldn't get that in Scandinavia. I'm only a bus driver. I'm a bus driver. Be bloody proud of it. Dave's in Chichester. Dave, what would you like to say? Question or answer? Um, question, first of all, that mum's the word. is absolute poppycock, the answer. It's, not, it's not a way to win over the crowd, Dave, at the beginning <laughs> of your contribution <laughs> to the programme, especially with my finger hovering over the dump button. Honestly, I've been sitting here stewing over that. I've been waiting to ask a question. I thought, I know the answer to that, and I'm just hearing these answers come on as rubbish. But you can't do it. It's not what you've rung in I with, know. though, you spoon. Come on, what, what do you want? Question or answer? Question, please. <laughs> um, I want to know why, if you um, cook a potato, it magically has more calories after you've cooked it than before. Sugars, innit? Well, I, no, I thought that as well. But if you look, if you have... Well, other even if you bake it. Sorry? Even if you yeah, bake it. Even if you bake or it, boil and you have it, oven chips. If you have oven and boil it, yeah. And if, if people look at their oven chips, you'll notice that there's more calories if you grill them than if you put them in the oven. And I don't know why. And I know, I know from school days that used to to measure calories. You, you actually set fire to the food, didn't you, and see how, see how much uh, it would heat up water. Yeah. So I thought that. Well, that'll just be to do with the oil. Oh, or will it? I oh, know. I don't know. Actually, no. Even, but even a boiled potato has more calories. Are you sure? I, I, hang on. How do, you, how, do you, how do you know this? Well, I know it because I need to. I need to lose weight, and I know that Pendulette went on the potato diet. So I thought, I wonder how many calories in potato. And when I was looking at it, it said raw potatoes X amount, and when you cook it, it's got more calories. That's a lovely question. That I like that. Yeah. Who's pe- Pendulette, as in Penn and Teller? Yeah, that's right. Couldn't he just make it disappear? No, that's rubbish. Because <laughs> 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 obviously, well, I never. So a potato has more calories in it after you cook it. You can't eat a raw potato; it's bad for you. That's what I heard as well. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't understand why. Because I know that if you set fire to food and heat, that, that yeah, well, no, you're just thinking of when you used to do the water in a test tube with a burning yeah, peanut, aren't you? That's right. I know. I don't think you can set... You can't set fire to a lettuce, mate, to find out how many calories it's got in it, can you? I didn't think of that. No, take it from me. You can't set fire to lettuces. Hashtag partridge. Uh, I I like that. If you've you've got your facts wrong, I'll be cross, because I like that question. If it turns out to be based on a false premises, I shall uh, shall describe you as purveying poppycock. 12.55 is the time. Alec is in Dunster Beach. Question or answer, Alec? It's a question, James. We're getting in these late questions. It's not good, but I'll do my best for you. Go on. Potatoes and and Alex's question. I've listened to you for many years, but it's the first time on your show. Oh, thank Um, you, mate. I'm in a little beach chalet on Dunster Beach in Somerset, overlooking the Bristol Channel. Oh, what, right now? Yeah. Oh, lucky fellow. The Bristol Channel, I think, has one of the highest tides in the world. Uh, An average one is about 10 metres, so let's say about 30 feet. Yeah. And it takes six hours from low tide to high tide my question is, during that six hours, does the tide come in at an equal rate, or does it start off slow and then speed up, and, or, or whatever? And whatever the answer is, why does that happen? I like that. I can only give you the yes or the no, can't I? I can't do the why, but uh, probably the person. <laughs> if, if we get an answer in the next three minutes, hopefully the answerer will be able to, to provide it. So, that, so that, that if it was a bath and the tide was filling the bath, would it rise at an equal rate? That's right, dur- oh. during the period which you were filling it. I love that question. Down here. I love that question. I don't know that part of the world. Is it gorgeous? Uh, absolutely gorgeous, yeah. It's going, like going back in time, and it's only two and a half hours from the West Midlands. I was about to say whereabouts in the West Midlands are you from? Oh, uh, from Redditch. Redditch. I'm a Kidderminster boy, but you know that already. Oh, OK, yeah. See? So just... this is 
this is my hidey hole down here. That when the wife needs a break, she sends me down here. Oh, well, into I love it. I only got your radio on, and the sun is out. That's a happy day. You're winning. Alex winning today. Alex is winning. Yeah, twelve fifty-seven is the time. Um, Tony's in Morden. Question or answer, Tony? Answer. Come on. Story. Stories. Uh, yeah, go back into the days of King Arthur and castles. Yeah. Okay? Um, when under siege or whenever, they used to use the different floors as storages. And, uh, like, there'd be a grain store on the first floor. On the top floor, there would be arrows and weapons and stuff. Arrows like that. and weapons. Um, qualifications? Oh, sorry? Qualifications. I like the answer, but I want to try and squeeze in a couple more. What are your qualifications? How do you know this? Was, where, we visited a castle when I was a kid, and uh, this is one of the things that came up through oh, as, a, as a derivative. Um, it's always sort of stuck with me. Yeah, I love um, it. I love it. Yeah, I like it. Give Tony yeah. a round of applause. <laughs> Lorraine's in Barnet. Lorraine, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on. It's the potato question. Why do they have more calories when you've cooked them? It's just about weight. So the calories are given to you generally in 100 grams on, on whatever you look at. Um, when you cook a potato, it loses water, so it loses weight, and therefore the calories are concentrated in a smaller amount of weight. So it's calories per 100 grams that goes down. It's not the calor- the total number of calories that you consume. Nope. Nope. Oh, it you're good. Oh, you're, you're good. It. Qualifications? Um, common sense, I think. Oh, I hate it when people do that. I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. It's not me you're insulting. Uh, James is in Farnborough. Question or answer? I want to get the Tides answer. Come on, somebody. Tides, Tides, Tides. James, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Uh, it's got a baby question. How does the heart start beating? Right, so when the baby's born... It breathes in oxygen, which causes a chemical change in the body, which causes the baby's heart, like a valve opens, and then it starts beating. So it doesn't beat in the womb at all? Uh, I think the blood goes through the heart, but just with the top half. Oh, mate. They 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 put the stethoscope on your wife's tummy, and you hear the heart beating. Yeah, well, I think that's the blood going into the heart. But I think it's only the top half of the heart. (laughs) I think you're weak. This is weak. Well, I can tell you how you can get the answer. Well, I don't, I don't need to. I don't. It's. It's. Um. I think what what you'll find is that cardiac cells are intrinsically myogenic and can initiate contractions on their own. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, can I do, Sheila? Can I quickly do the tides? Do you mind? Of, of course. Qu- I are don't you mind. sure? Quickly, because totally. he was such a nice fella. Tollis Haringey, answer to the tides question. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Rotation of the gravitational force of the moon around the Earth. You get a high tide and a low tide. Every 12 hours, I'm uh, qualified... Uh, yeah, I know, but does the, where's the tide coming in at the same rate? It comes in, it comes in, it builds up slowly, slowly. Over no, the, you've uh, blown uh, it. I've got a Sheila Fogarty's here. She can't hang around waiting for you to get your elbow in gear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it again tomorrow from 10. Here's Sheila. Well, with both my elbows in 